Hey friends, my new book, Negotiation Made Simple, comes out October 31st. If you pre-order the book, I want you to have four special bonuses. The first is the negotiation preparation checklist. The second is access to an interview with Ryan Hawk, the host of the Learning Leader podcast. Third is a group coaching experience where I will be taking questions and helping people deal with their actual negotiations. And fourth is a live webinar where I will teach people how to use the negotiation preparation tool. All of these things are worth like 10 times the cost of the book. Don't miss this deal. All you have to do is to go purchase the book wherever you buy books and then go to lowrygroup.net forward slash book. And there you can give us information about your order and we will get these bonuses to you. Be sure to go out and pre-order Negotiation Made Simple. Welcome to Negotiation Made Simple, where we help you master the art of negotiation and win the next deal. I'm your host, John Lowry. On this episode, we are going to explore the style and substance of negotiation and explore how it is that by mastering your style and using a style that makes you very likable, using a style that is very friendly and is kind and creates good interpersonal relationships with the people that you're working with, how that style can actually positively influence the substance of your negotiations. And so let's jump into this conversation about how style and substance relate to each other and how we can be strategic in terms of how we use our style to win the deal and win the day. I'm often asked about How is it that we can go about getting the deals we need to get, capturing the value we need to get, but doing so in a way that continues to advance relationships, do so in a way where people will like us, even though we're having to say no, or we're having to ask for more in terms of getting the kind of value that we need to get in our negotiations. And many people, especially new managers, they get put in this dynamic a lot to where all of a sudden they're a new manager, they've got managerial responsibility, and part of that role means there are times where you have to say no, or there are moments where you can't provide everything that your team or your employees would like for you to provide, or there are requests that they make that you just simply can't honor. And yet, you want them to like you. You wanna have good relationships with them. You want there to be a great culture among your team, and yet you're kind of afraid and get uneasy because you've got to say no, but at the same time, you want to advance those relationships. And so today I want to talk to you about how to do that. Uh, It's a very, very common challenge that new leaders and people that are in negotiations have, and I think there's an easy way to think about it. And to illustrate, I want to tell you about a story from this weekend. So my wife and I, we just put in a new pool in our backyard. 
And we're at that stage to where we're doing the landscaping. It is almost done after literally years of working on this project. And so I was with my neighbor who is a landscaper and kind of an expert in flowers and plants and all that kind of stuff. I have no idea. And so we go down to the nursery and I have no idea what to buy. And so he graciously agrees to go with me. We go down to this nursery and we're looking at these big planters. These things cost about $500 each. They're just these large things that you put lots of plants in. And so it comes time to where we kind of selected the ones we wanted And we noticed that there was a crack in one of them that we were very interested in. And so my neighbor, who's a really humble guy, who is a wonderful, wonderful person, uh, never had a bad moment with this person at all, uh, always is so genuine, so friendly, so kind. Here was this moment where he said, well, I wouldn't pay full price for that. And now he kind of went into this mode that I had never seen before. And so we called the sales associate over and he very friendly, laughing, smiling. Uh, It was very cordial in terms of how we approached this moment. But he told the salesperson, he said, I'm trying to help my neighbor out. He's got a big party Thursday night with a lot of guests coming over. This is the only size planter that you have of this size. And we really need to buy it. But here's the problem. It's cracked. And we just hate to pay full price for it, knowing that it's probably not going to last more than a few months or a year. But we need it for this week. Is there any way that you can give us a discount off of this planter? Now, the sales associate hesitated for a minute, uh, went off and came back a few minutes later and said, the, I can give you 25% off. And then again, my neighbor, who being more competitive, being more ambitious, but doing it in a style that was super friendly, said, no, I understand, that's great. He says, but do you have a, a manager I could talk to? Because I really think this warrants kind of a bigger discount, but I understand if that's all you can do. And so a few minutes later, this lady walked up who was one of the managers of this nursery. And he went through the whole thing again with her. And he said, you know, 25%, I get it. But he said, you and I both know that this planter is not going to last very long because it's already cracking. It just seems like, you know, $300 or whatever it was at that point for this particular planter was a lot to pay. And so he said, can you do any better? And he just asked it in this kind of, friendly, personable kind of way. And she paused for a minute and she looked up and she said, well, I can go half price. She's like, but that's probably the best I can do. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do any more, but I can give it to you for half price. And so he looked over at me and he smiled and I said, that'll work for me. And he looked at her and he said, thank you. And we went on and we ended up buying a lot more stuff. And this moment was a great kind of lesson for me to observe. And I think it's a powerful story in recognizing that in asking for more, in being competitive, in being ambitious in the context of the negotiation process, that does not mean that you have to be a jerk. It doesn't mean that you have to be combative and get in someone's face and do all those kinds of things. 
you can do it in a way like my neighbor did that's really friendly, uh, that's very personable, that doesn't create tension, and yet at the end of the day captures more value. And so that's what I want to think with you about. And the way in which I think about this in terms of trying to execute this on a daily basis is to recognize that in negotiation, there is both style and substance. The style is how we engage with people. The style is how we hold ourselves. It's our demeanor. It's our communication. It's our tone. It's how it is that we express interest in others. The substance, well, it's just that. It's the substance of the negotiation. It's the value being exchanged. It's the problem that we are trying to solve. But recognize that there are moments where we are going to have to be competitive. We're going to have to be ambitious as it relates to the substance. The company hands down a new policy, and it's our job as managers to implement the new policy with our teams. And maybe there are people on our teams that are not going to like the new policy, but our job as a new manager is to implement it anyway. We've got to work through that. That's why we're being paid the big bucks to manage. Some of us, the company comes in and says, we need to make more money. We've got to ask for more. Our costs are going up. And so as a result of that, we're going to have to raise our prices in terms of our product. And now you as the salesperson get to go out there and get to try to sell this product for more and capture more value. It will be more difficult. Customers won't like it. People won't want to pay more. But it's your job to go and get more. Now, really skillful people, people that I think have mastered this process, they recognize that just because they're in a place where they have to say no or they have to ask for more, where they have to be more competitive, it doesn't mean at all that they have to change who they are. They can continue to be very relational. They can give context around what it is they're doing. They can continue to value the people that they're working with, even though they're in this more competitive environment where they have to be a little bit more careful and perhaps a little bit more deliberate as it relates to the substance. And so I'm reminded one time of this insurance company executive who told me the story and said, you know, I have this person, it's really interesting. He said, I have this person that I get these absolutely glowing reviews. Uh, people call me and they write me and they compliment this person on how great they were in terms of helping this particular insured resolve their claim or how it is that they went over and above in order to get things done uh, on behalf of our customers and insureds. He said, but what's interesting to me about that is this same person who people write me and say they're going over and above. He said, they're also my best performing person in terms of getting claims settled for less. And he says, over here, I have other people where people write me just the opposite. They're complaining about them. They were rude. They were combative. Uh, they made things uncomfortable. And yet those people don't seem to do as well substantively. And so we began thinking about what is it that this person who is able to get things done in a way that people are writing emails to the manager complimenting them, 
even though they're getting less for the claim, what, what is it about that person? And what we finally concluded in that conversation was this person had incredible interpersonal skills. And so as you think about becoming a more sophisticated negotiator this week, as you think about taking your game to the next level, if you will, many times we think about different strategies and we think about different tactics or different practices that we could put into play as it relates to the substance of negotiation. But this week, I want to encourage you to just think about your style. How is it that you can find a way to where you can accomplish all the same things you need to accomplish, but package it up in a way that's very friendly, that's very kind, uh, that is really focused on the people that are involved in the deal or in the transaction or in solving the problem. And in doing so, if we pay attention to our style and if we bring a style to the table that people like and are eager and comfortable to engage with, I think what we will find is it will help us substantively. Remember, as we think about decisions, there was a Harvard study that looked at business decisions. And what they found was that 30% of those business decisions were based upon some sort of reason, logic, or financial analysis. And so it begs that question of, okay, what were the other 70% of those decisions based on? And the answer is emotion. And then Harvard went further to look at the emotional triggers. And what they found was that the emotional trigger, which caused somebody to either want to do the deal or want to back out of the deal, that emotional trigger had to do with how they felt about themselves. And so someone's ego, someone's self-esteem, the way in which they see themselves or feel about themselves, frankly, if you can play into that, if you can find a way to where other people, other people feel comfortable or other people feel good about themselves, then the reality is they will be more inclined to say yes. So one of the questions I often get is people will come to me and say, I'm very customer-oriented. I want to take care of my customers really, really well. And I want to say yes to my customers as often as I can. But I'm starting to feel pressure that I'm too giving, that I'm giving too many discounts to customers. Or when customers are asking for things, I'm very quick to say yes. But in doing so, I'm giving away our profits or I'm giving away value that should be captured for the company. And so what do I do? This is a really interesting dilemma because this becomes a thing involving values to where you value your customer. And that's really important. Uh, I don't know of a company out there that would say they don't value their customers. Uh, at the same time, though, we can't give our customers everything that they ask for. There's going to be moments where we have to say no. Uh, because if we do, we're probably going to go out of business and no longer be there for our customers. And so as a result of that, you have to walk this fine line with customers. And this is where the style and the substance come in, to where through your style, you build up goodwill. You build up relationships with these customers. And there are moments where you invest in those relationships, but then there are also moments where 
you do have to make some withdrawals. You just can't do what the customer wants. And through the style, through the relationship building that goes on as it relates to your customers, the hope is, is that you've built up enough to where your customers will forgive you when you're not able to offer the big discount or you're not able to deliver it the very next day or whatever it is that they're looking for. I have a particular vendor that I like to use. And this particular vendor, there he has helped me out in so many situations that, and he's gone over and above in so many situations, but there are moments where things are screwed up. Uh, I don't get the product and it doesn't look the way it needs to look and we've got to do it over again. And so in those particular moments, because he's built up so much goodwill, I'm very forgiving in terms of being willing to tolerate a moment where the product isn't just right. There are other moments where I say, here's my budget, and he'll come back and say, John, there's no way I can deliver what you want for your budget. And he'll have several different options. Uh, We can either go to a different product, uh, or we can go to a different timeline, uh, or if you're able to work on the budget a little bit, I can get something close, but there's no way that we can do it for your budget. And so notice right there, I love the style to where he has to say no, he can't do it. And he's not willing to take the hit in terms of his bottom line, but he brings a few different options. And that shows that he really cares about the solution, even though in this particular context and on the deal that's on the table, he has to say no. And so as it relates to taking care of customers, taking care of customers is not always saying yes. Sometimes taking care of customers is saying no, but, and if you build up a great relationship with those customers in those moments where you have to say no, they'll actually respect you for it and the relationship can move forward as opposed to it being the end and then looking for another option. Okay, so let's get very practical in terms of how to do this. And it really comes back to likability. How is it that we engineer likability? Well, there are some researchers that have actually looked at this and they've examined how is it that people become more likable. And they found some things that in social psychology that are just proven to work. So I want to give you a couple of examples because I think those can be some practical takeaways for you today. Number one is they say, find something in common with a person and build on whatever it is that you find in common. It may be a sports team. It may be a college. It may be where you grew up. Uh, It may be a favorite breed of dog. Um, Something in common tends to build likability. And so doing some of that chit-chat at the beginning of a conversation, learning about people, asking about them, asking them to tell their story, and then through that, finding something in common, that can be very, very good in terms of making people comfortable and increasing likability and helping set up the stage for your style to help with your substance. The other thing you might do is just compliment someone. The studies show that if you compliment someone, even if they know it's not true, that still likability will go up. And so the study was really based on someone who would compliment someone for their shoes. Even if it was the worst shoes in their closet, if someone complimented their shoes, they tended to like that person more. 
The other thing is to simply incorporate laughter and maybe some humor into the conversation. As you feel things growing tense, tell some jokes, uh, make some comments that are funny, keep it light, add some levity, don't be afraid to laugh. What that does is that just diffuses some of the tension that causes people to perhaps not like you because of what you're asking for or to grow frustrated with you. And oftentimes you can diffuse a lot of that by just, yes, there are moments where you got to say no and that may become tense and there's nothing you can do about it, but then step back and put it in context and maybe do it in a humorous way to where you can get a chuckle and you can get some laughter. That can go a long way in terms of how people feel about themselves and how people feel about the deal when they leave. And so those three things right there, those are things that we can control. Those are things that we can do, and they're proven, proven by social psychologists that it will increase likability and be effective for you in terms of protecting the relationship and maintaining the strong interpersonal dynamic with the person that you're working with. As we close out this episode, I want to simply just remind you of those traits of my neighbor in the negotiation this weekend. He was really friendly. Uh, In the midst of the negotiation where he was asking for a bigger and bigger discount and going up the ladder, he was doing it in a way to where there was a lot of laughter. Uh, He found something in common in terms of recognizing that all of us wanted to have a fun time at this party and also recognizing that this particular planter wasn't going to last very long. And then finally, he simply thanked and complimented the manager for doing the right thing in this particular situation and providing the discount and having that set the stage for us buying more stuff and coming back to this particular nursery again and again and again. You can get a long way with your style And it's something to pay attention to strategically as we go about our negotiation adventures. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Negotiation Made Simple. We'll hope to see you again soon.